Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Reva is cold as ice, Andy actually has a heart, and Lauren is just all around pissed off with everything going on around her. As she was last episode, we're breaking down all of that, as well as John rekindling his own detox interest back in the day with Evangeline, the Lizard of Oz. Stay tuned! You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. That's right. We're here at the WWE <laughs> Gifted After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. The Shield theme, because John's a badass, and he gets bats and sweaty men guys fighting him. Just like the sweaty men guys around me, Steph Sabra, hosting tonight. What's up, you guys? I'm ready to get sweaty. And our two... <laughs> no, no, I'm going to need that intro. Don't, don't, don't slow down the intro for us. And the rough, the tough, the robed, and the... Woo! Groved, I don't know what to rhyme with robe, Tehran Von Gossery. He's a comedian, and he'll take us off subject. Hell yeah. That's what I do best. And for one of her first after shows of all time... The lady in red herself, Heather Wake. That's right. Proud Hellfire member since 1988, folks. <laughs> Strong. She Strong. got out just before Reva killed everybody. We are talking about Unmoored, episode two of season two of The Gifted here at AfterBuzz TV. As always, this is our after show. Hit subscribe, like, and share with your friends. Follow us on all social media at AfterBuzz TV. We have a lot to talk about. We're going to break it down pretty easy tonight. We got Andy... We got Lauren. I'm going to say a few more names. We got John. <laughs> we got Marcos. We got Reed. We got Baby Troubles. Everybody's got Baby Troubles. Reva, how did you not say she's my favorite? Because Reva is so tied up in Andy's storyline, she actually hasn't had her own storyline except for the very first scene of episode one. And that's yeah. just her being, like, honestly, the episode Reva gets her own storyline, we're opening up with Cold Hard Bitch by mm-hmm. Jet. That's the song. Mm-hmm. That's, that's her. Gonna be the, that's Reva her song. so much more than that, but that's okay. She's more than that. <laughs> well, no, you'll find out. But she is a Cold Hard Bitch. I love her. She's great. Um, didn't like her last episode. Uh, before we get into that, I want to know what your overall thoughts on the episode were first. Heather, you go ahead. We haven't heard from you yet. Hey, guys. Uh, I thought overall it was a, it was a pretty low episode, but... It really accurately portrayed where everybody was in their own storyline. The whole theme of this episode was hopelessness. And you get to see the aftermath of everything going wrong for the underground. And hopefully they have nowhere to go but up after this. I thought it was really, um, it was it was low energy, not as much action-packed stuff, except for maybe the beginning and the end. Uh, but it was really accurately toned so that we can really feel for everybody. We had emotional action, okay? <laughs> there was you. a sledgehammer flying at John's head. Yes. That's not action. Uh, I'd love to dive into the conversation of hope versus hopelessness. We'll save that for a little bit later. Tehran, what were your overall thoughts? I felt that the overtone, overall tone was despair. And as, a, as an unaction-filled 
episode, it was full of setup. So now mm-hmm. we're looking at the chess pieces move accurately across the board, setting up a lot of storyline for later. I see a lot of things that will be unfolding from this. We see things that happen with the baby setup. We see things <laughs> happening with John setup. It's just very interesting, and I can't wait to see what how it unfolds. And of course, the love of my life, Reva. I love you. <laughs> they actually are getting married next week. Congratulations. <laughs> Who's the groom? I wonder. <laughs> You've been breaking my heart the entire time. Breaking your balls. Steph Sabra, what did you think of the episode? I agree with a lot of what you said. I thought it was better than last episode, and we're getting a lot more set up for the rest of the season. So it makes me excited for the rest of the season. I, I do want to add one tidbit is I was expecting, and we heard a little bit about Erg at the end, mm-hmm. but I'm expecting a lot more of this Morlock action that we're promised, considering Erg is one of the Morlocks. It was very cool to you use him as a person to tie it in, but I was expecting to see him, and we didn't. Well, we will see him later. You expected like a teaser at the so end a of teaser. This is this a this, this is episode called two. Unmoored. Yeah, but the episode oh, was called it's Unmoored, Unmoored, and I was I was personally before going into it, I thought Morlock set up a hundred percent. They added Erg. He's in the tunnels, and we're up oh, more, more Morlock, Morlock, and then nothing. I think it was Unmoored as more in line of. The villains have unmoored from the docks, from the shores. They're full steam ahead. Their boat has unmoored. Uh, That's kind of how I took it because this episode, yeah, definitely let's go into hope versus hopelessness for a short minute here. Um, It feels like the villains have won in this instance. Like the villains have the the power play, to, to put it in there. Um, but, Your villain, my hero. It just correct. depends on the perception. Correct. Um, I, I argue the opposite for this episode, though, because yeah. this is the first episode where we see cracks on the villain side. I was about so to say that, as yeah. much as it is the hopelessness of Evangeline, who says that I didn't know I'd be setting you up for something that's already lost, and the hopelessness of Kate and Reed and all this kind, all these characters who are feeling down, there is. Esme, who has a morality to her, which with her mind, she may be able to spread that to the other Cuckoo sisters. Uh, there is Andy, who's thinking more about his sister and unable to use his powers because of his sister. And her using, the, telling him to use it to fight is only going to make it harder when he goes up against her later. Uh, and then you also have Sage in the background, who doesn't know anything about Reva being evil. They just kind of went with it. And now you have Lorna, who's also keenly aware of how evil Reva is. Which is interesting, because we haven't quite seen Lorna catch her in an act. But the scene between Andy and Lorna, where Aunt, Lorna's like, if she knows you're not 100% at all, like, you can't be. It's like... Reva inspires fear and no loyalty, so I don't know how she's necessarily going to keep her power this entire season. I feel like all it would take is one Esme plus Lorna to kill her in a heartbeat. Just disable her powers and she can't do anything. I I find she does inspire loyalty with people who are passionate about her cause, but it's fear about others who may have some type of trouble justifying it for themselves just even if it's one percent and that happens a lot and a lot of cells we see and we're extremists and clearly reva is an extremist this is an extremist form her her ideology isn't villainous it's i want to create a mutant world where mutants are safe she just also wants to be in charge of that mutant world well most of the most of the villains in this world and most of the villains just within the x-men universe are always sort of fueled by extreme pain and 
extreme passion for the cause, and I think Reva sort of fills that where I thought Lorna was going to go, but obviously she's not going to be the leader of this. I thought by this time Lorna was going to get more more into that mindset, but even she's proving to not be as united in that vision anymore, having second thoughts. I think Lorna, though, it's proven now that she's there because just of the baby. And she said that last season, but it really came into fruition that she's really not as down for the cause as them. It's just about the safety of her baby. Yeah, it's it's difficult because what, what seems to me is that uh, Reva is completely ignoring the human side of what mutants are. And it's going to be difficult for her cause to grow to anything larger than just extremists, which maybe one in ten mutants is an extremist. Maybe. Everyone else is like, I want safety and I want to get revenge. There's always a cause behind it. None of them, not many of the mutants are like, I hate humans. Let's make a mutant thing and kill all humans. That's They're not like robots in Futurama. So <laughs> I think that's going to be where the cracks start to form is because she's not surrounded by people who are as extreme as her. She's already killed out the entire inner circle, which inspires fear, but it completely takes away all sense of loyalty from anyone. Anyone who learns of that is going to be like, wait a second. Sure, of Think course. Think of my best interests here before I make any decision. Do I really want to be partnered with this person? Sure. But what I think is powerful is she is just like the Magneto, where it's not, I was a human, now I'm a mutant. It's, I'm a mutant through and through. I'm going to go with that. So depending on how long she lasts, I think it would be interesting to split her group up again. Like, mm-hmm. I'd love to see the Cuckoos split. I want Esme on the good guy's side. I want Lorna and them forming their own thing. And I think she's got to be the Magneto figure that has maybe two to three hardcore extremist mutants. And I hope we go to that point because I'd really be upset if we build Reva up as this huge villain and then get rid of her at the end of the season. But there is the wild card in play that I didn't put on the notes, but we got to talk about Jace. And in predictions, let's definitely talk about how Jace can play into this uh, role because He's the perfect anti-extremist mutant. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool because of how what happened last season. He kind of understood the other side on some level. He did. He showed the at least the propensity to be able to do so. Mm-hmm. Exactly. To understand, even if you don't condone, to at least understand. So I think he's, he's going to be like a huge key player in this. And I think he's phenomenal in the role. So I'm really excited. So let's, let's dive into Andy. Um, first of all, where do you guys think he's going on his journey and what did you think of how they portrayed it with the walls i mean it it was definitely clear he was he was distracted by um being separated from lauren for sure uh i hope that by the next episode that they reunite somehow i think it would be i was wondering too if they would somehow find a way to telepathically combined combine their powers I was wondering if that was going to be something we would I was interested in, are they both having a similar dream? Yes. Yeah. So when that's being put to the forefront, I was interested in their connection, which is obviously stronger than has been portrayed. Clearly, we all knew that they've had a strong connection. However, it was something of a physical connection or a presence connection, Mm -hmm. not one that is now transcended into the realm of a mental connection in that aspect. And I thought that his power impotence became something of an abstraction from his role in the inner circle. 
and it's going to play a part. They have this master plan. It's about to play out, whatever this master plan is, waiting for it to happen. Love it. But he obviously doesn't, I don't think, has a real scope on what the plan is. Of he course just, not. He you know, being because that, it's going to be extreme evil, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. they're not going to tell him. I think uh, subconsciously he's picking up on that as well. And that's what's creating his lack of abilities. Um, I want you to look at the differences between the dreams, though, because when you mm-hmm. look at it from Lauren's side, she's terrified of Andy wanting to use his powers and wanting to use her together. Yes. And Andy is terrified of hurting Lauren. So it, it's kind of interesting that the characters do have each other's well-being at stake in mm-hmm. some way, uh, but she's terrified of him and he's terrified of hurting her. So I think that's really going to be a big plot point in the season. Plus, the whole... I mean, the whole metaphor of him having to break down the emotional walls. like that's, Oh, yeah, it was exactly. really, really was on the nose. That's what I meant. Like, it was clear. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think with their powers, I think it's a symbiotic relationship that as soon as they connected that one time, it's activated other things within them. Like, maybe, if you really think about it, maybe all of their powers hadn't even been activated before they unlocked them mm-hmm. with that. And now it's unlocking more potential within them. Potential and they're getting... Powers. Yeah. So... We don't even understand. They have Andy's power, Lauren's power, but now there's two com- brand, brand new versions of their powers that were unlocked by each other. That includes an ESP factor, possibly. Uh, what do you think, Steph? I think it is because last week we left unconfirmed whether or not they were just both, whether she was just dreaming, and now we see Andy's mm. side, and I think her falling and then waking up made it seem like it might be more real than we think. I think it is. I think things could happen. They could do things in their dreams. And I do love their relationship, Lauren and Andy. I mean, I, I you don't really get to see a lot of like sibling duos like that, especially brother-sister, where uh, the brother and sister have a really positive bond. And I think it's it's really sad, too, that that Andy is trying to find like the substitute sister in Lorna and it's just not working. And now Reva's trying to get him to use that his sister to power him up, which scares me more. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> Love Reva. Oh my god. <laughs> Love Reva. It, it'll her. be interesting to see how Reva interacts if she has a chance to take Lauren. Yeah. That'll be cool. I just want the writers to they they they're doing a pretty good job of towing that line between like Brother sister dialogue and incestual dialogue, like it's they are. I Which mean, is difficult. And I I hate to like be the one to bring it up, but you cannot watch the show without thinking. That. Without thinking, I was watching it thinking there's some Game of Thrones right? action. Like, I'm starting to think that me and Lauren belong together. Like, well, you're brother and sister, so like you belong in each other's lives. Let's toe that line pretty let's pretty. Tow, let's be a little more clear yeah. about that, buddy. Let's let's, <laughs> let's be. A little less direct. It's like they're holding hands. Hey, room for Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) When it comes to when it comes to Lauren, is she feeling? Do you guys feel as if she's feeling as lost without Andy? I think she's scared of Andy. I think after her seeing him have no remorse over something that still affects her every day, like she said, killing the 15 people, I don't think she's ready to be reunited with him. I yeah. think they have to be reunited, but I think right now she's okay with not being with him. I think he's lost and she's broken. I think he that. has no idea That's they killed a, I people. I like that. She's... I like that. That's <laughs> I, think, I think he has no idea they killed people. Um, I think they've prevented him from knowing. I mean, maybe not because he's been on League of Legends and stuff, so he has to know on some level. But, like, is he just completely unremorseful of the fact that they killed people? Or is it that we just haven't seen that side of him yet? 
I don't think Lauren's as dependent on Andy as he is on her. Definitely She not. is the older sister. He was also the one bullied a lot, and she was the one who protected, protected him. So him. he hasn't really had that many opportunities to be an independent person. And he's had to hide his powers without any guidance. And she hid her powers, too, but she did it on her own. So anytime he's thrown into a situation without her, he doesn't know how to react. And this is the first time where he's, like, really in a situation where he has to make decisions without any input. Um... I thought it was interesting when he got the phone. We learned that um, the mom has been sending the messages about, Kate, come on. Come on. Hey, I know you're on League of Legends. Let me just tell the villains that you're with exactly where we all are. They're speaking in code, obviously. Hey, here's the resistance. We're at this address. We're in this hospital clinic. Come visit us whenever. Like, she doesn't Love know. you. I don't know. That was a... An interesting aspect of Andy's personality is also how easily Reva was able to manipulate him. Which an aspect of his personality is that he's easily manipulated. No, I'm not. I will never call the love of my life so m- manipulative. However, she was very good at convincing him and able to. Yeah. You know, right before guide him, she, right after she decided that he was going to die. Uh, he hold on hold please now in any type of passionate cause or as some people like to call them terrorists the problem is the concept of conviction versus fear of eviction and also they have a cause that they're trying to protect once again i'm stating i don't condone their actions but i understand them and in this situation from her aspect where she's looking at it like she's the good guy she's not the villain in her her heart. No, she never is. She is the leader of a true cause that everyone should be on board with, and she cannot understand why they're not. It's, she's what she's afraid of losing her cause, and that's why. It, even she says, "I understand he's extremely young. Do you think I like doing this?" It's the yeah, it's the same concept of people trying to escape the police with an animal, and the animal starts whining, and they have to suffocate the animal it's the same case i don't know i i don't know how you got to that but yes <laughs> well i went I through three different that. iterations before i found one that worked that didn't mention a terrible historical moment i appreciate so, you so we're gonna kill the animal <laughs> and I also do. changed the dog to something so let's just I, I see. Okay, thank you thank Tehran, you. for calling me out let's move on to lauren um so lauren's obviously fed up with her parents basically lying about everything being okay this is another loss of hope scene uh, the fact that her parents are trying to remain hopeful, but Lauren's not an idiot. Uh, and we see her looking at the Facebook page of people. I'm thinking like, oh, she's like trying to develop her cover to have friends and stuff. No, she's looking at daughters and people who have been destroyed and killed by what they did in Atlanta. Um, do you think this very unhealthy action by Lauren is going to drive her more towards wanting to take action and kind of taking some of Andy's considerations last season into account. I I don't think she would ever go to that direction. I feel like if anything she would go into more of like a Thunderbird direction. Well, we have to remember Andy didn't go to the villain side because they're villains. Andy went to the villain side because they took action and actually did stuff. So, this is more what I'm saying. Like, do you think Lauren will ever toe the line, skew the skew the line that there is? 
to protect people in the same way that Andy's skewing it to help mutants. Uh, personally, I don't think that's within Lauren's characteristic. At least it's not unfolded by season one and going into season two. She's definitely the more considerate one. She's a lot more empathetic as shown by her action with the Facebook thing. And while you said it was unhealthy, I actually think it shows the the density and layers of her soul that she was uh, she understood her actions, the consequences, and looked further into the consequences than most people ever do. And that's something where even at sentencing, criminals are asked to do so, which is why they're supposed to apologize to the victim, is to understand their action and the consequences of their consequences. And it goes even deeper than that. So she is the moral compass in many ways. She's the one who said to her parents, stop lying to me. She's the one who in many ways is directing everyone towards good and has that positive thought uh, that is that shows her understanding and awareness of what's wrong and what's not. But how does she move on? Because as much as it is, it is showing the moral compass as she's looking up all these victims and everything like that. But that's something that tears you apart more than it builds you up for a cause. So what is it that she needs to do? Because right now you're looking at Lauren who's diving into her emotions like this and she doesn't have a support. So who do you think Lauren is going to latch onto or is she going to do her own vigilante justice saving people? That's what I'm kind of curious about. Like, Because there's no one at the underground right now. Maybe Marcos, but he's too worried about baby Don. So like... Where does Lauren's character go from here to vent these emotions and try to make amends for what she believes she's the cause of? Yeah, that's true, because Andy does have uh, Lorna Mm -hmm. as as a moral support. And an emotional pillar. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, Lauren has, as we said, had the stronger moral code. Uh, I mean, I hope she's going to be the one to, to save Andy once again. She usually succeeds at that i don't know if it'll be like by the end of this or not i mean i'm sure they're going to eventually team up again i don't yeah it's a good that's a good question though who would she go to but she doesn't need to go to that's the concept is uh, lauren's the kind to look in a mirror and go i I wish there was somebody who did xyz wait i am somebody yeah i would be more satisfied if she were the independent one for sure so you think lauren is the good guy reva i believe that she becomes the good guy reva As we see the seasons, un- as we see this season unfold, she becomes the initiative. She takes because even the conversation she had with with Reed was very direct. It was very upfront. It, it was very mature, and it's something that we should give her credit for would the that, benefit of the doubt. Would that not be sort of taking Thunderbirds' place, though, since he is more of the he's like, the de facto leader? Yeah, inspiring him maybe. Yeah, inspiring him to do more, to be more. Thunderbird's yeah. not exactly being helpful either, though. I was just about to say is maybe it... he is kind of fallen from grace. Yeah, though. he's yes. taken down a peg. So Lauren needs to rise to be that person to bring him back into the hopeful place. That would exactly, actually be really because cool. she's yeah. she's in her mind killed people, but she still remains hopeful. So that'd be a really cool thing. I'd love to see Lauren and Esme. I think that would mm. be a really powerful duo for just a back and forth. Just like, if Esme was going to contact anyone on that team, I think it's Lauren. Uh, I I can definitely not Lauren would probably be the that. only one to listen to her anyway. That's what I mean. Sure. Yeah. I, think, I think that would be a powerful thing. And then info on Andy, info on the Hellfire Club, but also Esme can do something to 
fake deaths of people with Lauren if she has somebody to work with on the other side that she can hide from her sisters. So I think Lauren's storyline is progressing pretty smoothly in a pretty cool way. It, she's definitely a lot more three-dimensional than she was at the beginning of season one. And even at the end of season one, uh, we're moving her more to an adult very quickly. Yeah, everything's just sort of simmering for a lot of the characters yeah. these first two episodes. But Andy's still very childish and Lauren's very adult now. Mature versus the immature Andy yeah, who's and also he, easily manipulated. Well, I don't feel that Lauren is. Lauren doesn't listen to the words of others. She's really finding and seeking for an inner peace. Well, the powers also kind of play to who the people are. Uh, Reva is all about control. Her power is about controlling people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy is very volatile. His power is explosions and vol- validity. Um, and then you have Lauren who is uh, more stable, and she's got the power of barriers. Reed, everything around him is falling apart, and now he's disintegrating things. Like, all the powers do have a reason. You look at John. John is very emotionally unstable. He's worrying about his own failures, but he's the strongest out of anyone. So, like, everyone has that weird uh, dynamic oh, of... Oh, yeah, like Clarice and being kind of an escapist, too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah so, there you go. Yeah. So, I, I, I think if we look at these characters from their powers, we can kind of project where we think they're going so i really think we're right on this we might be wrong but i think that (laughs) she's going to become the stability of this crew and yeah that that's where we're heading uh let's talk about john though um so one of my notes for the john and blink scenes was that steph sabra was swooning so hard. I'm How can you so not? obsessed with them. They have really great chemistry, and I feel obsessed like obsessed with them. Yeah. Oh, I was just obsessed with him. I was, <laughs> I was the guy. His arm around her. I was like, oh, I'll be little spoon. He is so hot. We can't even deny this, you guys. And she's the perfect crutch for him right now because he has been the stabilizer of the group, and she now, I think. I think she's the person that Lauren's going to go to. And they already are teaming up a little bit more. But they both have to develop their powers together and I think their abilities. And I think that that would be a really good duo. Did you guys... I the moment we saw the first scene and we see John in like the wrestling ring, I instantly thought of the very first X Men movie. Oh yeah, Wolverine with, I was like, with the bar. Oh, it was, and that's who they kind of based his character off of is Wolverine and what was the Japanese hero character? Sun Common Rider, Sunburst, I think. Common Rider, Sunburst, <laughs> delicious yes. Starburst. That's the concept. Well, that's anyway the concept I'm just was they crap, kind sorry. of built it off that. Comment writer. I think that's a different. <laughs> Comment writer. Yeah, that's yeah. a different. That's totally a different, different IP. That's yeah. a different guy. Yeah, <laughs> completely different. Yeah, based Marvel on fans it's based apologize. on uh, on Murayama. Um, so, what do we think is going to happen with John? We talked a little bit about with with Lauren and how she might become the the light in his darkness. He's in a dark place. We get a whole montage to really, really soft, sweet music of him (laughs) punching a wall and witnessing his friend dying after he killed him, technically. Uh, Witnessing all the bad stuff that's happened to him in the past. Didn't show Sonya, which I was like, oh! Sonya. It did. Oh, it, um, did. it did. Oh, it did? Okay. She, yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah, she okay. was dead on the floor. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Now I remember she like falls. Technically, yeah. I blinked for a second. It showed her corpse. It didn't show her. It so you're the right. Corpse. The corpse is... I still think Dreamer can be alive in that smoke that came out of her mouth. I mm. still think that's an open door. Interesting. Well, I we'll like see. With, with John, the, the montages were very telling of who he was. We got a, a lot more in depth with his personality. And I don't know if it was failures or just origin story to set up why he has this pain inside him that he holds so dearly and close to himself. And it shows where he came from, because all we've ever seen is like more of a leadership 
this is the guy who knows everything. And now we see that he's not that person at all. Well, I think I think you see that he is that person, but I think you see his reactions to things following through from his past. Uh, he did two tours, and then he two got tours. out of the he got out of the military because of a failure. And now he got brought out by Evangeline, who detoxed him off painkillers, uh, which is ironic. He's addicted to painkillers when he's, like, immune to so much. Yeah. And he was put in a position, just like in the military, he's put in a leadership position, and then he fails. Again. So now he's punching the walls again back to that old place. So is he going to get back on drugs? Is that going to be a storyline? Um, are we going to see him wallowing in his misery until Lauren becomes the Evangeline in this story to bring him out of it. Uh, are we going to see him rise to figure out that he's not going to be a failure and that other people are broken too? Because Evangeline is definitely a... Evangeline is in the place he was before. Because she was in a powerful position where she was building the underground and now she feels like it's a hopeless cause. So somebody needs to bring her out of it, which needs to be Xavier or the X-Men or something, because we can't have John caring for this lady who just destroys him. Uh, but I'm interested to know what you all think is going on, where, where, his, where his arc is taking him, whether this montage is him getting all his emotions out and then he's going to be stronger than ever, or this is kind of like a, a downward momentum until somebody saves him. I think it's a downward momentum. I do not think that this is... I think, once again, we bring back the Lauren. Lauren saves him. And then he, in turn, saves Evangeline and brings hope and gives her the speech she kind of gave him. And I think that's why we were led to that speech, why the dichotomy, as you say, plays out a lot. I do think that... Well, I don't know how he gets back on drugs because if they can't afford any more $200 bottles of champagne, drugs are expensive. But I do think he finds himself in, in this confused can't make a decision everyone else is led by something whether it's by looking for their child or looking for their baby and and loved one he's not right now Mm -hmm. and i think that lauren becomes that catalyst sending him to eventually inspire angeline yeah i think it's john's turn to be saved right 100 it's john now we see he needs to be the one who is saved Mm -hmm. so he's done bad things in his past i mean Something I didn't think of, actually. I want to bring up this uh, this line from Jace when Jace is talking to his friend at the bar, where, or when he talks to his wife, and he says, if I don't let go of my past, I'm going to lose my future, too. So I think they have days, they have past and future in the same sentence, so I'm like, days of future past. <laughs> but then I'm yeah. like, oh, wait, that never happened. And so now... <laughs> Not in this no, wait, no that, was a, that was actually the good one. Um, <laughs> so it, it's interesting that you can play this char- play this with any character in this show right now. I was um, just about to say that, yeah. Because Lauren's in the same boat. If she doesn't let go of the fact that she killed these 15 people, how is she going to save the next 15? If Reed doesn't let go of this fact that, like, his dad tried to get rid of his powers, he's going to have to accept that he has powers now, or he's going to self-destruct. Uh, he's been holding it back so much, but I feel like that's doing more harm than good. So he needs to let these powers out and learn to control them before it's too late. Yes. Uh, Andy also needs to let go of his past and start with what's now because he's holding too much onto his relationship with his sister and his need for her to be involved with him. Uh, any character you can kind of yeah, play this it's game with. kind of happening on a macrocosm as well, obviously, between, simply saying, between mutants and humans. Mm-hmm. They're both driven by... 7.15. Yeah, 7.15. 7.15 is a big date, but there's a difference between letting go of your past, as in forgetting your past, yeah. and forgiving your past. 
I don't think it's a great idea to let go of the past. The past is what leads you or drives you to the future. It's how you forgive yourself for the past events. And others. And that's what they all need to do. I don't think that anyone needs to let it go completely. They just need to let it inspire them in the right direction of where they're supposed to and guide them in the right direction. Like how John was holding on to his past and on painkillers, but he still needs to remember that so he can prevent it. Exactly. Don't go back to that. Remember that happened and you were able to affect change. John needs to see that he has done much more good and that occurrence was not his fault specifically. But his decisions led to it. Learn from your mistakes. And that's really the main difference between the underground and the hellfire uh because in the inner circle excuse me uh because the the underground is willing to forgive and forget i think for the Mm -hmm. most part and the inner circle is not is not uh i want to cut to another line that we got from marcos where marcos is talking about thinking about the baby and he says hope is a strong thing hope is what's been killing me um with this episode is very centered around hope and how evangeline has lost hers john's kind of lost his to a degree Lauren's kind of lost hers, but the villains are switching sides a little bit with Esme and um, Lorna being aware and Andy and all that. So I'm interested to see what you guys think of this line in terms of if hope is what's been killing him, what is like, is is hope that powerful of a thing if they're going to give it up? Like, do they need to get rid of all hope so they can actually see things for what they are and move forward? Or is it just one of those things where I don't know. I've lost my train of thought a little bit. I'm sorry. It's not Fight Club, Stephen. They don't just give everything up to build themselves up. Hope is this four-letter word that's man's greatest strength and greatest weakness, and we see it play out in each one of them. Hope and hopelessness. Yeah, I don't think that they can lose it. And I under- that was actually a really deep line, and you could see it in his like face and the emotions he's brought this season, that it is killing him, but it's probably the only thing keeping him alive, too. Guaranteed. And it is the only thing keeping the underground alive. And they are still alive. They do have... If they have Esme and Reed now, they're, they're in the fight. Yeah. But they need them, too. Compared to the rest of, like, Reba, because she is scary. She don't need hope. Uh, Beautiful, scary, whatever. We use different adjectives at different times. She is beautiful. I love her. Speaking of Reba, I want to know, do you guys think the story was true or false about her friend being stabbed? Excellent. I love that you brought that up. Because I could totally see Reba making that up (laughs) in the moment to build a story to make Andy and connect it and, and manipulate Andy. The acting was... Very good. Uh, tears in her eyes, kind of to a point. So I'm, I'm too wondering. Good. Too good. I'm wondering if it's a character building thing where this is what pushed her to be more anti-human. Because it would make sense. It makes sense with her character either way. So I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are. I mean, I instantly bought it. I mean, I like that theory though. I didn't think of it, but I, yeah. I mean, it just reminded me of Jace, only on mm. an opposite side. I need yeah. to see her backstory. Point. Very good point. I need to see her backstory. I'm, like, really excited for that. Because I think we will get it, and we'll know if it's a confirmation of that story or not. Oh, as in a flashback? Yeah, yeah. flashbacks. For all we know, she stabbed her friend. I, <laughs> Reva, with Reva, none of this stuff would surprise me. I have recently seen people who seem to be guilty of something cry to deflect. I've been seeing that Kavanaugh. a lot. On, nope. I, I don't know. <laughs> Let's not get into it. I was just referring to, like, different people that have done that. And so... I, when I watched that scene, my first instinct was she Fake. made that. She made it up. But hmm. it could be real. I think it's. I think the best lies are half-truths. I think that her friend refused to kill humans, and that killed her. 
Uh-huh. I think it'd be great to get a flashback where her friend was a powerful mutant and refused to kill the people who were going after them because she didn't want to kill humans, and it got her killed. I think that would be a more powerful thing than humans just going after her and killing her. Well, now I feel naive. She totally got me. <laughs> well, that's we fun. don't know. We don't know. It's all good. <laughs> I uh, think that's the point. So let's move on. We talked about Reed a little bit already. Um, I think Kate's being a little bit unfair to Reed, obviously, being like, I'm doing this for the family. And, or He says, I'm doing this for the family. He's like, everything I do is for this family. I'm going to Philadelphia now. They have good cream cheese and possibly Andy. <laughs> is that what she sounds like to you? It's a pretty good impersonation. <laughs> she has a distinct voice. She has a very distinct voice. <laughs> I am going to operate, damn it. I, I would hate to be in a relationship with you and then have you talk to me in that way. <laughs> yeah. Because that's when you know what people really think of you. Is right? when, they, when they're <laughs> mocking you, that's what they really think of you when you talk to them on a uh, daily basis. It's, it's, it's disappointing. I love this character. She has her moments that you're just blown away by. And then last episode and this episode, you're just like, really, God. <laughs> Dang it. It's really annoying. Because she's the character that listens most to her kids, but as soon as it's something to do with her husband, she's like, you're wrong! You're a Von Strucker, and I don't like you. Like, I don't know. It's just, listen to your husband. He tried to talk to you last episode, and no. Like, he, it's like she calls him out on having moments of pained silences, but then, like, won't ask him about it. It's just like... <sighs> but at the same time... Can we understand something about her storyline of part of her might blame Reed for everything that's happening right now? Part of her, like, she had a life that she wasn't aware of, and then it crumbled very quickly. It's not like she's chasing after money. She's looking for her son, and she wants her son back. That's something a mother would feel. A mother would feel a lot more loyalty to their children than they do to their partner. That's something that should be understood. I mean, that's fair. Uh, I do want to ask, what was I, it about? You go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it's also uh, in the writing and only being able to fit so much yeah. into an episode, obviously. I think. Uh, and the, the voice doesn't help. Her voice doesn't <laughs> help it coming off a little naggy. I can see how that's perceived. What were you saying, Heather? Um, I, think the, I think the creators just wanted us basically to know, okay, everybody is feeling a dissension, including... Uh, reading Caitlin, and here's that. And also, she's off to go find Andy. Had to do it in, like, 30 seconds. Don't think know? I don't know that you love love, <laughs> love Lauren more than Andy, daddy's little girl. I was, I was like, oh, you don't, you don't call out the favorites. Yeah, it just sort of happened all at once, right? too. Right? Like, just dang, like, ouch. <laughs> but the, the relationship Shade. between father and daughter is always, always a very special bond. And the relationship between the mother and boy. Son. And he is a mama's boy. He was very much so. Yeah. So you have a very good point. Yeah. So I don't think we're going to come to a conclusion on this anytime (laughs) soon. Lauren's the oldest. I mean, there's just a lot that plays in this. If you can love Reva, I can make fun of Kate. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay. Let's move on to the baby troubles. There is a storm of brewing. Marcos is drinking champagne, celebrating sadly to a montage of sad music, as we like to do on our weekends when we're not working. Shoots the glass into the sky like their first date. Really cool. Dug it. And Lorna sees it. And it's interesting because she's not worried at all that he's not out there. She's like, that's daddy saying hi. She's not worried that he's, like, probably going through depression and grief that, like, he hasn't seen and worries that she's dead or something like that. So it was interesting that she's not as most, not really thinking it from his perspective at all. But then the baby's burning up. Immediately, I think the baby has weather powers. Superpower. There's a mutant power. 
clearly weather powers. Okay. Do you think they're already on setting now? What gave you what gave you the weather power? Baby's burning up, there's a thunderstorm. Oh right, th- yeah. I think I think the baby's got weather powers. I think the baby's like super powerful. Mm. I also think the baby's super powerful. It'd be interesting to see the baby's powers play out. I do think that once again the mother baby relationship or mother child relationship outplays the mother and mate relationship and we need to be aware of that that Polaris's thought is about Don. True. Everything is Don. I Don is her primary. Sure, daddy says hi, but we're going <laughs> to Daddy says piss you off though. Like her I get what she's doing. Like I really do. I think she and Kate share a similar feeling. Well, they'll go to any means necessary to make sure their child is safe and alive and in the best situation. But him, be, her being so nonchalant, like Daddy says hi. Like what? Like, like he's not that you'll ever suffering. meet him. Probably actually he just it, bought a two hundred dollar bottle of champagne. <laughs> I, I understand. It sucks. It hurts. But the baby comes first. And I was actually thrown off by the fact that Turner's wife isn't as concerned as. Turner is like things like that affect um, me. I can understand a parent's desire to put their child first. That's that's a very common theme. We're almost out of time. I don't want to cut you off, of course. but we've already had that discussion. Yeah. So I want to move to the next thing. Um, we can get into predictions, but I have a special segment first. Let's go ahead and bring up the superpower generator. <laughs> Guys, we have the superpower generator, and we're going to go one by one, and I'm going to tell you. I'm going to say a situation to each of you, and it's all going to be the same situation. How would you rescue Lorna out from Hellfire Club using the power that this gives you? So, uh, set it to one power, and let's go with Heather first. What would you do with the power of... Click it. What does it say? Jonathan. We can't see it. <laughs> the suspense is killing. It's right there above the red button. There you go. How would animal you rescue control. Lauren in thirty seconds or less? Because we're out of time. I would save Lorna by using animal control, uh, releasing all of the animals from a nearby zoo because it's a big city. There's got to be animals exactly. nearby, right? Oh, and also sewer rats. <laughs> sewer rats would sewer save rats. Lorna. Yeah. They'll okay. Like, creep into the crevices. It'll be great. It'll be I'm, fine. I'm good. I'm good with it. Tehran, let's see. What do you get? Okay, so I'm sure it's near a dog park. You don't get animal control. You yeah. get a new superpower. Don't What's my, my power? power. Guys. Ice manipulation. Ice manipulation? Ooh. You're Frozone. It would I'm give you Frozone. Frozone? Where is my okay, super we'll have a conversation about that. I'm more like Iceman. And Iceman is super powerful. One of the most powerful mutants in the Marvel Universe. And I would use this power to create an ice slide and break her out. And like Frozone? But, but, but really powerfully, okay? Really powerfully. It was cold as ice. What is Steph Sabra's superpower to it save Lorna? Earth manipulation. Oh, okay. I would just create like every natural disaster at once and then extract her from the You building. would kill Lorna. Yeah. <laughs> Shaking just... baby syndrome yeah. happening now. Thank Shoot. you, Steph. Excellent. Earthquakes are not good for saving Sounds babies. Sounds like my ice slide is a wonderful <laughs> idea. I think you slide went. to safety. Uh, what animals. would I have? Yes, let's let have just healing humans. factor. Okay, I would just die over and over again, <laughs> throwing a pile of corpses at the building until suddenly I might win. 
But I would do it all in Nicolas Cage's voice because that's oh a power my. I already have. Because I'm going to take your face and put it on my face. Ick. Let's get into predictions for the last 60 seconds of the show. I just want to know, what do they need to do to help the baby? Why is the baby sick? Oh, uh, oh the baby is sick because um, too much metal in his bloodstream. There you go. I don't think baby's sick. Mutant powers, clearly. And I'm going to go with heat blast. There you go, Steph Sabra. I think the powers are on setting early, and I think she needs her daddy. There you go. No. I think uh, I agree with Steph. I think she's got a combination of powers between heat manipulation and electromagnetics, which is going to make the baby kind of like super powered, kind of do be able to do really cool stuff. Um, what happened to storm powers? What if it's I mean, I think it'd be storm. Storm would make sense with that, though. If you can, if you can manipulate heat and electromagneticism, you can cause storms to happen. It's a more scientific take on storm, but I'd hate to see a white storm in this show. So I'd like to not go with storm on this. Maybe just like weatherman. I can the weatherman. They have a very diverse cast. We yeah, Dawn. Dawn is the weather girl. Um, Black Magic 99 in the chat said, baby, sick of Caitlin's crap. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our show! Where can we find you guys on social media? Hey, um, on Instagram, you can find me at heather.wake. All across the board at I am Tehran, I-A-M-T-E-H-R-A-N, the bathrobe heartthrob. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Steph Sabra. And you can find me at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-B-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-U-X. We also started some brand new channels here on AfterBuzz TV. We got all of them that you could ever need. So go ahead and support us by subscribing to all those. You can find shows for sci-fi, reality, reality competition, and now gaming. Check it out. I'm doing a shout out of the Tomb Raider right now. Thank you so much for watching. We'll be back for next episode, The Gifted Season 2, Episode 3, The After Show, live Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. See you there. I won't be in a bathrobe. <laughs> Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 